Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, today we've got episode 308. We're doing a random flight. We're going to do all sorts of different things. We're going to talk some old school stuff. You've got some stuff on uh, uh, social pressure, um, yeah. some experiments. or uh, Yeah, I got an old study from uh, on social pressure from the 50s, 1950s. That's uh, man. 75 years ago, basically. <laughs> and uh, is that going back to like Pavlov and some of those it, things? It's, it's way back there. It's like, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if you could get away with that stuff these days. I don't know what. Yeah, because this was, uh, it was done in college. So you can imagine the hazing and stuff yeah. that happened probably. But oh, yeah, sure. it's, it's, yeah. it's funny. I'll give a little hint here for those watching on the videos. Um, I've got two index cards. One has three lines and one has one line. Oh, I love these. And that was the basis of the study yeah um or that was the tool used in the study it wasn't the basis of the study but very interesting what happened um so that one's that one's gonna be fun to talk about and also kind of like would that work today yeah you know, the the outcome that they found is that still true today you know are people more smarter um all kinds you know those kind of questions and then the other thing i found somebody sent this to me a friend sent it to me a four-hour YouTube ad, commercial ad, that has 18 million views in 90 days. And it's a four-hour I don't YouTube think I've ad. ever seen a four-hour ad. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, it I haven't even watched a four-hour movie. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So it won't be what you expect, yeah. but it's, it's kind of clever. Okay. It's interesting. We'll see if there's a maybe, you know, a way our listeners can... can uh, apply or do something similar in their, in their world. So, so that'll be, that'll be fun. And then you got a couple of things. Yeah. I got a couple of, um, couple of things. Once it kind of was a takeaway, uh, I was at the craft brewers conference this week in Nashville and, um, got a couple of takeaways. My big one was as we go back to, um, uh, time and time again, talking about, you know, trade show advertising and how lousy it is, but also <laughs> yeah. the fact that, uh, I, it, this coincided with a uh, post with one of our previous guests and friend, uh, Kevin, um, Donlin, he's been on our podcast before, uh, in the past. And he, I, you know, I follow some of the stuff he does on LinkedIn. He's got some really good, uh, posts occasionally, but he mentioned a, uh, you know, speaking of old school, you're talking something in the fifties. I'm going to go back to, uh, something called the FCB grid, uh, that was developed back in the eighties that, uh, which, which by the way is like 40 years ago now. <laughs> Stop it, Sean. I'm feeling old <laughs> enough as it is, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, and, and you'll see how the, uh, how companies use emotional appeal uh, with this grid to create, uh, you know, big companies like Apple um, really, you know, had a lot of success. And you'll see, you know, the reasons why when you look at um, the way this grid is laid out. So cool. I love a good tool like that to help you yeah. kind of visualize and understand, mm -hmm. um, you know, what's going on. So that'll be, that'll be cool to look at. Yep. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, before we dive in, uh, that's a little teasers let's uh let's talk about the beverages we have yeah, on yeah. on tap what do you uh you got a a bold one over there i do i've got it i'm excited about this one oh, i man. have a russian a russian imperial stout and this one is an old rasputin 
Um, I don't know if our, any of our listeners know the whole history of uh, uh, Rasputin. He was kind of one of those mystics back in the day with the uh, the old Russian yeah. uh, oligarch. I think he was a spiritual advisor or some some uh, something. But I, I know I I've, it's been a while since I read, but I know he he met a pretty. Uh, pretty rough fate. I mean, the guy was poisoned like two or three times, uh, got shot. I mean, got shot numerous times. <laughs> was, just... was he in like the prequel, the uh, Kingsman, the Kingsman prequel? Uh, I believe so. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they just yes. totally blew his character out of proportion. Oh, but, of course. Of course. Yeah. Because he was pretty raunchy in that movie. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the guy was pretty, pretty weird. He was a yeah. pretty strange character, but yeah. Um, but anyway, this is a Russian imperial stout, um, 9% ABV, produced in the tradition of 18th century English brewers who supplied the court of Russia's Catherine the Great. Old Rasputin seems to develop a cult following wherever it goes. Ha, ha, ha. Nice play on words. I love that. Uh, it's a rich, intense brew with big, complex flavors and a warm finish. Um Again, the only thing that I saw was if you go down here, nine percent. Interesting, seventy-five IBUs though. We'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't, gold, ninety-four gold. Uh, when was that? A gold medal in the yeah, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, World Beer okay. Championship twenty eighteen up in Chicago. Highly recommended by uh, Rate Beer overall score. Um, A hundred. What was interesting, Sean? Some of these uh, beer. What's the um, uh, untapped they had a big huge booth at this show in nashville um yeah they had a big big tent uh so they were doing some definitely doing some marketing um yeah it was kind of interesting cool. to see some of these players but but yeah so what do you uh what do you have over there what are you drinking i've got a shiner texas's Ooh, own a shiner, shiner. But it's a trail mix ale. Ooh, okay. So it's called Trail Ale, um, and it is it says take a hike with Trail Ale, a full-bodied ale that serves as the perfect hiking partner, brewed with nuts, dried fruit, and chocolate. Our latest seasonal beer combines all your favorite outdoor flavors into a beer that tastes just as good on and off the trail. Wow. Coming in at an ABB of six percent, a bitterness of only thirty IBUs. Wow. There's my radio voice. So, yeah, and it's definitely a lighter. Six um, percent. Yeah. Look at that. Ale color. That's, so, a, that must be, br- I've never seen this one uh, from, uh, from oh, man, they, Yeah, they're really starting to, to play into the craft game yeah. um, here locally. I don't know if they've rolled them out nationwide. Right. Um, but yeah, they're really starting to, to right come there in Shiner, stuff. Texas. Shiner, right. Texas. Yep. All right, hold it up again. Let's see. Yeah, mine's a little lighter than yours. <laughs> it even, mine's, it looks even darker on video. It's not nearly that yeah, dark. Yeah, right. All right. So, all right, well, let's cheers it up. Cheers. I love right. a good trail mix. I don't know about you. If I'm out, oh, out, out, in the, uh, out on the... Appalachian Trail. Got, oh, oh that's a go-to. You always got to have a little your own. Yeah, I like making my here. own bag. I don't know about you. I like making my own bag. Well, HEB here has one that is just perfect. It's got just the right amount of everything in it. Um, 
man, I think I put on 10 pounds this year eating that stuff. Because <laughs> I would just go down to the pantry and just grab a handful. Oh, yeah. You know, that, stuff's, that stuff's got some calories in it. Oh, it does. You know, it does. Nuts and the dried fruit and the M&Ms and... Man, it yeah, it's perfect quick. when you're burning those calories on the trail, yeah. but you know when you're uh, doing a little when office work. Desk, yeah, it's not not the best. So, all right, well, I'll go ahead and rate mine. All uh, right. This is really really good. Um, it it has that lighter ale taste, but it's definitely it gives you some of that craft of some of the darker craft beers, but it's mm-hmm. lighter like an ale. So yeah, I'm, this is really really good. And I've been given high scores lately. Um, mm. I'm going to give this a. Four eight. Ooh, oh, yeah, been, very nice. Been on, a, been on a nice streak. Very nice. Good beverages. So where are you at now that you're halfway done? Got to give it a fair shot. I'm going yeah. to. Uh, I think I'm going to give this one a four four. I, I think it's good. Um, too bitter. Too. No, I think it's. I think it's. Um, it's. It's. You can take. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly see. I definitely see why it's got a 75 IBU rating because there is a little yeah. aftertaste that does have a little bitterness on the aftertaste. But overall, it's a nice balance for a uh, a Russian Imperial. So yeah. um, I'm going going to. Um, yeah, I think four four is a fair rating on this one. I like it. Cool. All right. All right. Well, let's dive in. Uh, where do you want to start? I'm I'm interested to start on the this uh, experiment. So, okay, let's yeah. get some uh, let's get some participation going here. All right. <laughs> so yeah. So the the experiment yeah. is, it was called the Ash Conformity Experiment. Okay. It's conducted by Salmon Ash in the 1950s. Salmon Ash. Okay. Yes. Isn't that a classic 50s name, like professor's name? (laughs) Um, So he was a professor at a university. uh, I can't remember which one. But anyway, so it was basically a study in social pressure and conformity. Mm. Right. Um, And he demonstrated that people often go along with majority view, even when that view is obviously incorrect okay so in this study 30 percent of the people chose the wrong answer even though it was obviously incorrect because of social pressure so here's what happened they had gave participants that came into a room they gave them two cards and i'm holding up two index cards on on one there is a a single line Mm -hmm. and on the others there's three uh, there's three lines of different lengths the goal of the experiment, and you can see this on the video if you watch if you're watching the videos, um, it was to just simply match up the line so that the, the the same length line, whichever one you think it is, you just match them up and you put them next to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Simple as that. So they're probably um, you know about a quarter of an inch difference between each line. Uh, or a little bit more on one, but so, you know, this would be the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, looking at it? Yeah, okay. uh, just by looking, yeah, from a visual, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no tricks. Like, yeah. there's no tricks. There's right. no optical illusions. There's no nothing, right? Well, here's what they did. This is kind of cool, actually. And some of these college experiments, mm-hmm. uh, have you, did you ever do one when you were in college? Did no. you ever go to, like, the psych labs and... Nope. volunteer and get 20 bucks for beer. No, nope. I didn't. <laughs> Probably should yeah. have. I was broke yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not a, uh, 
Yeah, it's it's actually kind of. I remember doing one. I can't remember what it was, but I remember doing one and being so pissed off when they got done once right. they told me what they were doing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cruel. But anyway, so they bring one person in, or they bring like nine people in the room. Mm-hmm. Only one person was the actual subject. The other eight were plants that were all purposely choosing the wrong combination of lines. Ah, okay. And then they would they would all pers- try to persuade the other person that they were wrong. So the single person right. was against eight other people. Sure. And 30% of the people folded and said, and picked what the group said. Ooh. That's pretty wild, isn't it? That I mean, is that's wild. like, um, and it's, it's interesting. Like there is a little bit of difference. They did like 10 different uh, combinations of lines. So some of them that were more obvious, people stuck to it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ones that were a little bit closer together, people had more doubt. But overall, across all the different ones, one third of the subjects chose the incorrect line because of group consensus. Um, wow. Yeah. That gives you a lot of faith in our jury system. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> So here's, uh, yeah. I was like, well, how does this, like, how would this apply today? Right. Cause yeah. this was 1950. Is this still true? Right. Um, so I was looking up some, some ideas and some things, you know, like where does social pressure play? And we've talked about, you know, we've talked about social proof. It's one mm-hmm. of the tenets of, of good marketing. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, one, one example that comes to mind that we've mentioned on this show numerous times, but we'll bring it up again is the old get a Mac campaigns, mm. right? Yeah. PC versus Mac. Absolutely. Pop quiz for our listeners and for you, Jonathan, without, without Googling or looking up what year approximately were, was the, the, uh, PC versus Mac campaign. Uh, 2000, huh? The, when they first, the first, well, just when they came out and when they ran, when they first started running, it was a three year span. Uh, yeah, I think it was back in, I want to say from like 2005 to 2008. That's my guess. Very good. Very good. Yeah. 2006 to 2009. Oh, wow. You were right. You were right there. Wow. You went a little short, but yeah, Yeah. you're right there. Um, yeah, I I didn't, that's been 15 years. Yeah. Like, that's just crazy. Like, (laughs) man, we're getting old. Um, but yeah, so if you think about that, they were subtly suggesting that the majority of cool, creative people mm-hmm. use Macs and that everybody else did not. Right. So, right. so it was a subtle pressure that if you want to be cool, you need to do what this guy's doing. Yep. And so it's a form of social pressure. It's a form of, of what we're talking about. Um, where we've seen this explode obviously is, you know, social media with the like button. Yep. Um, in fact, it's, it got so bad that they've taken, that off of a lot of like, you can choose to turn off like the number of likes on your, mm-hmm. like the likes no longer show on Instagram. Right. The number of likes I think, right. Um, and they took the don't like button off of YouTube. I saw uh, that the dislike you know, is no longer yeah. available. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can still dislike it, but it doesn't count. It doesn't show. show a number. Yeah. I mean, it counts, it. but it, like it counts for stats, I think, mm-hmm. but it, the, average viewer watching can't right. see it. Yeah. So the idea is they don't want people piling on. Right? Sure. Yeah. So they've taken away these things. That, so that's how powerful this is that yeah. like, as the numbers tick up more and more people pile on, they're like, Oh, it's okay to not like this thing. So I'm going to not like it either. <laughs> um, 
It is. I mean, people just and, gang up one after another, you know? Yeah. And it, it just creates this, <clears throat> this frenzy. Right. Um, and then the final one is, is, uh, TikTok challenges, mm-hmm. right? Cause they, one person does it and a couple people do them. Then you see them, you know, then you see 10 of them in your feed. And now all of a sudden you're doing something stupid, like, you know, walking on milk crates and high heel shoes or yep. that's a, that's an old one, but you know, or, you know, go back to the ice bucket challenge. That wasn't a, that one wasn't as dangerous, but you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was one of the first viral online challenges I think was sure. the ice bucket yeah. challenge Yep, back in the day. But now you see these people, you know, the, like the old man challenge, right? The old man challenge, balance challenge. Have you seen that one where you try to put your shoes on without touching the ground or sitting down? No. One leg at a time. Yeah. You just look up old man challenge. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to explain on, on right. a podcast, but yeah. Um, it's to test your balance basically. Mm-hmm. Like, can you put your shoe on one shoe, one sock and shoe at a time without, you know, putting your foot on the ground or sitting down or that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's social pressure. Social right? pr- so, yeah, social pressure, social proof. I mean, people yeah. people act and hurt sometimes. I mean, that's that's just the way they go. I mean, that's what yeah. that's why your parents, I mean, what do your parents always tell you when you're young? Don't you know, if so and so does it, does that mean you're I mean, if so and so jumps off a cliff, are you gonna do that? And yeah, you know, probably not. Explain. But if, if ten people do but it, if ten of those guys did it, up. maybe <laughs> odds go way, way right. up, right? Yeah. If the one crazy guy in the group jumps off the bridge into the river in the middle sure. of summer, everybody else might just kind of well, look. But if eight of them do it, yeah, you're probably doing it. Well, think about this. Like if you're on the highway and you see, you know, you follow, people tend to follow what, you know, if there's a lane or something like that closed off or if there's a split in the lane, something like that happens. And if you, you're typically going to follow where you see the majority of people take the, like take the uh, exit or you're going to go with the flow. That's just what people do. You know, there's, you know, you don't want to venture. You're not going to venture out. Most people are going to follow the leader uh, when in a traffic situation. Have you seen this uh, documentary, Darren Brown's the push? Oh, I I have mentioned it before. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I remember you. So this is the same thing, right? So for those that aren't familiar with it and I won't spoil it, um, they set up this environment for this guy. And I'm just going to let it play. You won't be able to hear the sound mm-hmm. while we're talking. I'll just let it play for anybody that's uh, right. watching on video. So basically what happened is they set up this thing and everybody was in on it except for this one guy. And they created this dramatic scene where somebody has a heart attack that they, they think he's dead or he thinks he's, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Then they think, and basically the, the thing is they, they take him up to the roof and they try to get him to push the guy off the roof. Right. knowing he's not dead actually. Sure. But they'd already told people that he was dead and that he was somebody else and all this stuff. So this web of lies just cascaded. Wow. And so the, the question is, does he push or does he not? Right. Is he one of the 30% or is he one of the thing? And what's interesting, they did this with three different people. Mm-hmm. So at the end, they tell you, like, you don't know that at the beginning, but at the end, they tell you, we did this three times and here's what happened with each person. Um, but it was absolutely riveting to kind of watch, to see, I mean, you talk about social pressure. This was like taking that experiment to a whole new level. Wow. Um, but it's a great documentary, um, worth watching on Netflix. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. 
So yeah, social pressure is you can, if you can manufacture it, mm-hmm. you know, in a healthy way. Right. One of the, one of the ways you do this, um, you know, is restaurants, right? If there's a, if there's more cars in the parking lot or if there's more tables for people that, waiting, yeah. <clears throat> then that seems like a better place to go eat. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll yep. drive past an empty restaurant to go to one that's a little busier because it feels safer to go to. Yep. Now, if there's a two hour wait, that's a little too much. Mm-hmm. You'll probably go back and take a chance, right? Because of risk reward and all that. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you'd rather go to a busy restaurant. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is manufactured all the time. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, and it's easy. It's one of those things that you can do. I mean, you need, obviously, the. You need people in place. You know, we talked about what, what have we talked about? What a couple of episodes back, you know, just talking about the old, the old Hitchcock effect where, you know, he would manufacture the impression of, um, that social pressure of putting the nurses outside the studio, (laughs) the movie theater. Yeah. Well, you know, have you ever seen those videos, uh, where people just start standing in line Mm -hmm. randomly in the middle of nowhere? Right. And people start lining up. Yep. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Or, you know, one person looks up and most people, you know, ignore it. But then two people look up, just looking yeah. up at something on top of a yeah. building or whatever. And then three people and then mm-hmm. four and next, you know, everybody's look Because it, it hits a mass number. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, well, that many people are looking. It must be something. That's right. And you look up and you don't <laughs> see anything. Mm-hmm. But you keep looking because if everybody else is looking, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, maybe exactly. Um, yeah. Maybe I, my eyes aren't good. Like, and you start doubting your yeah. own judgment, mm-hmm. which is exactly what this was. Right. I mean, the lines are obvious, right. But when everybody's telling you, you're like, well, maybe I'm just not seeing Maybe it's, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's a eighth of an inch off and I can't tell. And, you know, I was like, um, yeah, it's fascinating to, to really think about. It really is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talking about, you know, Hitchcock, you taught, you know, like he would have people go in, he would hire people to like, who were actors that would, you know, go into the, obviously into the theater. Right. And people would, you know, obviously fall behind you. They'd see like this, you know, a lot of people, obviously they paid their tickets, you know, those people Mm -hmm. were legit, but then he would have people that did not pay that were lined up that would, you know, be walking in and show, you know, show excitement and just, you know, those types of things seed, you know, that, that helps to seed the momentum uh, or the interest. I'll tell you another place I just remembered that did this. And who uh, I think it was Billy Graham that made this mm-hmm. kind of famous. Yep. Um, so, you know, he would do these stadium events, these arena events, you know, and there's always a, you know, an altar call, mm-hmm. an altar call at the end. Right. right. Well, it's so awkward, right? If you, if you want to go down, you don't want to be the first to move. Of course not. No. Right. You got to shuffle <laughs> by the whole row of people, you right. know, because the seats are all next to each other. Mm-hmm. So what they started doing, and I don't know if he started it or who started it, but I think he really brought it on. And now all the mega churches do it. So what they do is they have the counselors that are going to receive the people. Mm-hmm. They're up in the crowd. So when the altar call starts, they just start coming down five, six, ten at a time. And, you know, you don't know that that's who they are. <laughs> But that creates motion and it creates, you know, people are backing up for each other. So now you're not the only one and it gives you permission to, you know, so, so think of it too, like you can stage this to give people permission to do what they already want to do. Right. It's not just manipulation. No. 
you can use it in a way that helps people move forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're afraid or they're nervous, you know, they have those own, their own fears for moving forward or, or taking action. And, you know, obviously that can help, you know, yeah, that's really the only, you know that's really what testimonials are, right? It's, right. it's yeah. that same same thing, just giving people comfort that somebody else has done this before them. Mm-hmm. So, well, you had a uh, you came a, let's let's uh, let's yeah. stick with the throwback theme <laughs> before we come up to date. Yeah, I think it's a good. Um, it's actually a good follow up to um, you talking about Apple. I'm glad you brought that up with the, uh, you know, the whole uh, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. So. Um, so I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Kevin Donlan, who's been on our show, I, he's, a, I think he's a really good uh, copywriter. He's kind of one oh, of those sure. old school guys. He does the, um, you know, he does the paper emails, which I really love. Um, yep. I've gotten a lot of great ideas from him, but he was talking this week about um, the FCB grid. Never heard of that. It goes back to the eighties. And wow. this is the, um, it's called the uh, foot cone building. Uh, developed way back in 1980. Just rolls um, right off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, you know, you know, considering the reasoning for this, they could have come up with a better name. It's also known as the, I think, the Von Grid uh, as well. So what this is, and I'm going to show, I'm going to give an example on the uh, screen. Von Grid. The Von, Von Grid. Yeah, that was Richard Vaughn. Have you? Did oh, that ring that a bell? Sure. I thought it was your girlfriend from high school. Van Grid. Van Grid. an exchange student, right? <laughs> yes. Sounds like one. Uh, let's see. All right. So okay, this is broken down, and you'll love this, Sean, because it, it's broken down into four quadrants. Um, yep. the, the, the top one is the high involvement, the think. Top left, if you're top left. Along, right. Um, number two, the two quadrant is the high involvement, but feeling more think more feeling than thinking. Okay. And the, uh, the third quadrant is falls down into the low involvement, but so thinking lower left, yep, lower, lower left. left. And then of course the last one is the fourth quadrant, the lower right, which is the, um, it falls into feeling, but low involvement. So that'd be low feeling and low involvement, right? That's right. So, so consider that's all where all the engineers live. (laughs) Well, I guess it's still not, they may be involved. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I'm interested how you unpack this because I can't, I can't think right off the top of my head, like the quadrant four. Yeah. So when you're thinking of how your customer makes their buying decisions, like mm-hmm. uh, who your target market is and how they're making their decisions. Most companies, and I've, I've you know, this is one of the takeaways. I talk about the, you know, going to trade shows like the Craft Brewers Conference. You know, I pick up these things. You know, I spent a lot of my time walking the floor and picking up people's their flyers. Yeah, I got some swag too, which I, I picked up a really cool hat from Lotus. I'm giving them some uh, free advertising right now. Uh, yeah. Lotus uh, Lotus Beverage Alliance. Uh, they have a cool hat, so I had to stop by their booth. It's not but, a car. I thought it was the car. Yeah, the car. No. <laughs> but no, these are, I mean, everything that you pick up along, and we've talked about this in the past, every time you pick up someone's uh, selling material, their flyers, their uh, you know, they're one sheets, they're marketing sheets, they're all the same. And what, what quadrant do you think that they fall into? 
when most of these companies are developing their marketing materials? Three. Three, low involvement. Okay. Well, you're definitely, you're in the right, you're on the, you're on the right side and, and it could be high involvement or low involvement, but high involvement, meaning the, how much involvement does it take? How easy is it to make a decision? Oh, okay. okay. How, how technical yeah, then, that they one. create. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to show you another, and, and this I was is thinking like interaction involvement, not so you're, yeah. so, we, so involvement in this case is like effort. Right. To exactly. The material. Exactly. Got it. So I'm going to give you another example. And this is from, uh, this is actually a, an example that, Ke, Ke, you know, in that same, on that same quadrant, this is one that uh, Kevin shared uh, on his using the same example of a product position. And I really love this, but using that same grid, he breaks it down and he's, he's got some, he uses different labels on these quadrants it's pretty much the same so in terms of the uh the first one which is the complex you know he uses complex simple and then the the uh, you know the first quadrant being complex and analytical complex emotional so that probably explains it a little better when you see a quadrant like this than the previous and then third quadrant being analytical simple and then fourth quadrant being emotional simple so i just kind of gave that away because he's already got these filled in. Um, Now, if you talk about a lot of these trade shows, especially companies that make, you know, engineering like equipment, things like that, or chemicals or, um, you know. Yeah, giant stainless steel tanks. Exactly. Most of them fall into this complex analytical when it comes to creating that, uh, you know, meeting people where they need to buy, right? Right. And look at these examples, IBM, Xerox, Digital, Compact, Commodore. But as you mentioned previously, our example of Apple and how they did such a brilliant marketing campaign back in the, um, for those three, during that three-year run. Yeah. Where do they fall? (laughs) Simple, emotional, right? Yep. (laughs) They did not, in fact, they, they, in fact, they advertised or they marketed against this quadrant right here, right? The yeah. analytical complex, because that was the I'm a Mac and I'm a, I'm a PC. The PC guy was always in this quadrant. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I was thinking you'd want to be in quadrant two, but yeah, actually you want to be in quadrant four, lower right. Because, because they made it simple, right? They right. Cre- yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where you, because you, if you, you make it emotional, but it's still complex, then you're, you know, the old saying is, the more friction you create between your product and the buyer, the less likely they are to buy. So, yeah. and that, I think that's the brilliance of Apple is that they did lower the friction. They, they made it simple. Well, it's all you got to do is turn it on. Right. <laughs> right. And they, and they very rarely talk about specs. Right. Exactly. Right. They, don't, they don't talk about Ram. They don't talk. I mean, if you go on their site, yep. even to this day, when you go on their site, you know, they have, they, you scroll and it's mostly imagery Mm -hmm. and only for those people that want to go deeper, there's a button, you you know, an icon you can press to open up the, the actual, you know, features of the different, like it'll say, you know, amazing graphic card to play games ever faster than ever or whatever, you know, which is very emotional and simple. And then it's got a little, a notch that if you want to go deeper, it'll mm-hmm. open up the specs and give you the, you know, 
type of graphic card and the RAM and all that stuff. Right. Which is brilliant. I think I, I still think that's one of the, you know, best designed websites. Oh, absolutely. For, I sure, too. for products. Yep. <clears throat> Cause it's all there if you want it, but mm-hmm. for most people, they don't want it. Right. They just, right. they just want the coolest looking laptop. <laughs> yeah. And, and design again, where does design fall into emotional you know it's that emotional quadrant and that's what apple and and simplicity the way they design absolutely simplicity and and that in that beautiful you know they made it almost like a piece of art you know the um you know the aluminum casing you know Mm -hmm. the brilliant and with the you know the little you know for the longest time the little apple light up logo that was on every macbook you know that was uh, can't believe they got rid emotional. of emotional yeah no i can't either that was the dumbest decision but <laughs> but just the um you know that gives you an idea so uh, you know i thought this was a great um this is actually a really good tool if you're ever considering whether it's a you know you're creating a digital course or a product of any type understand how you're where you're you know where your market is buying from a you want to be on the emotional side. If you're on the if you're on the complex analytical, you know this is the place where you know this is the place where you know companies like IBM lived. But this is not where think about who your core audience is. You know when you're making that decision. So I see a lot of companies that spend their time on this, and because of this, they spend a lot of marketing dollars on wasted advertising materials that are complex, you know, I read all of this stuff that I picked up and none of this makes it simple or emotional. Right. And we've talked about in the past is learn how to create problems, like learn how to create new problems that your customers aren't aware of using emotion. Right. Yeah. Um, companies that can develop new, uh, you know, new things to think about, that are emotion based, you know, given the times that we live in with uh, a recession or inflation and all of these things that are going on in the news around us, there's surely something that you can come up with. A great example that I find that you can pull from this, Sean, is I don't know if you've ever watched the show. Um, I don't know if you ever jumped into the series Better Call Saul. No. Okay, this is it's a great example of a, so he's a lawyer, but he's also a brilliant uh, he's kind of a showman type marketer. So this guy loves to there's a brief period in one of the episodes where he loses uh, this guy, the character Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill. He goes by Saul Goodman. That's his trait. That's his uh, kind of his handle that he uses in law. But he, he loses his license for like a year. So he's selling, uh, you know, cell phones. That's it. You know, th- and this, yeah. the series takes place back in the early two thousands where, you know, cell phones were the rage, you know, you could, you know, you were selling flip phones and these things like this. So, yeah, but he came up with the idea of not just selling a cell phone that the way that everybody else was, but he was selling on the emotional appeal of selling prepaid cell phones so that you could hide your business from the IRS or the government. <laughs> <laughs> and so he started selling these to people on the street, right? Yeah. By creating a new, pro- you know, a new problem. Like, do you want the government listening in? Do you want the, uh, you know, uh, yeah. the, the IRS listening to your business? If you're doing a cash only business, do you want the, you know, IRS listening to your conversations? You know, so he was selling these things like hotcakes, 
by making it simple and emotional, right? So, yeah. And like you said, creating a new problem they weren't aware of. That's right. That's right. Do you know who's listening to your conversations? (laughs) Uncle Sam. Which is, you know, it's funny you say that. That's WhatsApp. That's their current campaign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Privacy. Yeah. End to end encryption. Mm hmm. And they're, they're talking, they're going right against United States Post Office. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, you know, they're like, you might as well be using a carrier pigeon. You know, right. so yeah, the WhatsApp commercials are. <laughs> no, those are, are great. Kind of, they're kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like, yeah, your text is wide open. Yeah. You know? We don't think it because we're not hackers. So we don't, right. we don't really think about it. Right. But, and that's why they bring it up because mm-hmm. we don't think about it. Yeah. You know, so you have to bring it up. If you're, if your typical person is not thinking about it, you have to tell them. Sure. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's it's pretty cool. Well, that's a cool grid. I'm gonna have to look up that up and yeah, I'll send you a link on it. There's a lot of stuff you can it. find. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. So it's good good way to kind of test where you are and you know how you're a simple way to test um, you know how you're uh, creating that emotional you know if you're creating that emotional appeal you know when it comes yeah. to uh, your customers buying. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. Why don't we jump to the four-hour commercial? Oh, man. Uh, I can't wait to hear about this. We'll we'll only play half of it. (laughs) I don't have four hours, Sean. Only, you know. Yeah, that's why we're only going to play half. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is a... I don't know how to describe this. It's kind of just interesting. Um, So, basically... This is the commercial. So it's a YouTube channel. If you mm-hmm. look down here on the thing, it's it's Nissan USA, right? Car company. They have four hundred forty-two thousand subscribers, which is you know you'd expect a lot of people probably like Nissans and stuff like sure. that. Yeah, but this is specifically. Um, so this is what a lo-fi channel. So I'm going to play it a little bit. Are you familiar with lo-fi music? No, I'm not. Okay, let me put my mic up to it a little bit. Could you hear that? I don't know. If oh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. So that, it's that kind of music. It's super popular, you know, for kind of work music, have behind the, your, while you're writing or doing right. work on the computer or things like that. So people will pop these things open on their, on their, on their browser and, like this one is, you know, four hours and eight minutes and 33 seconds. And if I scroll down, you can see it's got 18 million views. Wow. Um, and it just went on three months ago. Now, here's the thing. I scrolled through this. Like, <laughs> it never tries to sell you anything. She's just on this four-hour road trip. The, se- the you know, the sun changes. Now she's in the city. But she's driving a Nissan. You can see the logo on the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the inside of their, of their Aria car, one of their new, I think it's their new electric car, Mm -hmm. but it never asks you to buy anything, never asks you to go to a dealer. It's just pure, like, and it doesn't change. She's sitting there tapping her finger the whole time. For four hours without making a rest stop or, you know, (laughs) stopping for the. To take a bathroom break. I don't don't know if she drinks out of her thermos or anything there. So I I don't think so. She just sits there. But like these channels are everywhere. These lo-fi channels, like people watch them all the time. Right. Um, So Nissan was like, Hmm. why don't we make our own from the inside of a car? Sure. Yeah. And every once in a while, um, she'll pass like a Nissan billboard. Mm, Of course Um, she does. 
Yeah. You know, so subliminally, if this is playing off to the side, you know, for a lot of people that have dual monitors or things right. like that, um, you know, it's playing off to the side. You glance over at it. You see the, you know, subconsciously, you're going to see the Nissan logo on the steering wheel. Um, you know, so it's, and you're going to see Nissan, you know, down here at the channel name. Of course. Um, yeah. And then of course there's, you know, now that you're going to see all their related videos that mm-hmm. might catch your attention. Right. Um, so it's not like a, you know, it's not something we would do necessarily if, if you're really into direct response, it's not probably not something you're going to do. Right. But from a branding standpoint, it's very interesting. You know, is this I don't an know, EV? Is this a, a yeah, electric so. vehicle? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Which um, explains why she's driving four hours without stopping for gas. Yeah. Doesn't explain the bladder though. She, well, she is young. So that's true. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just thought that was fascinating uh, when a friend sent that to me that, you know, pretty easy to make too. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, that would be, I would think that's oh, absolutely. basic software to make. Throw 18 million views. So I wonder yeah, what crazy. the, uh, um, if most people, like you said, most people are just turning that on in the background. Yeah, that's how most people. But that's do it. good. I, I mean, that's good for them anyway. The fact that they're on, people are spending time on that page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can only imagine the the minutes they're in addition to the views, the minutes of that. Right. That one yeah, video. I mean, gonna, yeah, I mean, so they're making money off of it. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> it's actually. I mean, it, you know, for the world of Nissan, it's nothing. Doesn't even mm-hmm. show up on the spreadsheet. Sure. But it's not a loss. I mean, it's not an expense either. Right. right. I mean. Yeah. They probably made money even on, if you figure in creation and all this other stuff. Yeah. But what they did is they just tapped into a trend, lo-fi music, these types of videos. Like if I were to, um, you know, if I were to type in, um, in the search bar, lo-fi, um, like there's all kinds, there's all kinds of these videos, like trains and they're all these animated videos. Like, oh um, uh, yeah. They like to use the anime characters, like, yeah. Um, you know, this one's just uh, somebody just sitting at their desk, just writing, <laughs> listening to music, probably the same thing you're doing. Right? right. So there's, and this one is supposed like live, like who, who cares? <laughs> yeah. But I, it makes, I think the live makes it more engaging. Somehow, sure. You know, right. Um, like, I don't know, is she going to do something? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of like, did we, we talked about the sit and smiles guy on here, right? Oh yeah. Long, yeah. A long time mm-hmm. ago. I mean, that was insane. You know, yep. it's, so it's, it's interesting because like, um, yeah, it's, they're just tapping into a trend in the, you know, pop culture trend and using it to your advantage. So they just, they took an idea that was already out there, made mm-hmm. their own, put their branding on it, put it That's on their cool. channel. Yeah. And now their channel gets, you know, more hours. So all their other stuff's going to show up and especially for their fans. Right. Yeah. So it's, 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 I thought it was pretty cool. cool no, idea. it is. Cause it, is it going to, you know, add 10 bucks to the share price? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to do well, that. Well, you know, the first thing, and I'm not a, you know, as a consumer, I'm trying to think of it from a consumer standpoint. I'm, I'm watching that video. Yeah. And I see the name of that car. And my first thought is, what does that car look like? Right. I want to yeah. Google that because I don't even know. I yeah. don't know. You know, I hear that name of that car, the Aria or whatever. Yeah. I'm naturally going to look and see. Maybe there's, as you scrolled up, there's some related videos on, on that car. Right. Or I can search more about it. Yeah. I think there was in the description, there was, uh, there was some stuff. 
Because um, it's a curiosity thing. Naturally, I just want to know. Okay, yeah. I'm just curious. I'm yeah, the first, the, let me go back. So the first link goes to mm-hmm. the vehicle. Yeah. Right. There you go. So there it is. And you can build it and price it. It would be, it would be fascinating to know how many click-throughs they get from that link. Sure. You know, they have it tracked. Oh yeah. So I would, I would love to know how many, and it's cool because they did a very good tip for all of you out there that have a website. They popped the thing in a new browser. They didn't change or a new tab. Of course they, yeah. Yeah. You know, they didn't switch tabs, right? Right. Uh, Cause you want to keep that YouTube time running, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see when I do consulting for people, I see so many people that, that don't click that option when they put a link on their website to and it leaves the website. Tab, yeah. And it leaves the website. Mm. Yeah. Terrible it's mistake. Terrible. Yeah. That's it's rookie man. You can do better than that. Absolutely. That is cool. So that's, what, so that's what I got. You got, I think you had one more, right? Or did you? Um, da, 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 da. If I did, I may have forgotten it. Is it fake news? <laughs> Something about fake oh, news? Oh, fake news. Fake news. You know what? I'm just reading the title. So. <laughs> I forgot what the fake news was about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. What's in the news this week that I would have said? Let me think. Let me think. <laughs> um, That's been something you heard on talk radio on your drives. Yeah, probably so. I'm just trying to think. Oh, there was one. Oh, yeah. There was one. Um, um, I'm going to have to save it for next week because I, I think I may have used that in the title and then um forgot to uh prepare myself uh, ahead of time so the headline is also fake <laughs> if you've been waiting to the end of the episode for the fake news part of the headline you just got it right <laughs> point made i'm curious though did you see let's get it let's get into politics a little did you see okay. the uh town hall on CNN or any snip. I didn't watch it, but I just, I saw some of the reaction from news. I did not. Uh, from news channels, from a persuasion standpoint. I'm, I was just curious if you saw it, but it got um, a lot of attention. Um, I did not. Didn't even know what happened. Yeah, it happened this week. <laughs> How buddy. effective it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, pushback by, uh, to uh, CNN for uh, for that, because apparently it, it was a giant campaign <laughs> It was a giant campaign commercial uh, for Donald Trump. So uh, it was kind of interesting that they would, you know, they would have him on. You know, obviously it was a ratings push. I think, it, you know, obviously it's news is about ratings. So right. I, I think that was their end game was to get a little ratings bump there. Um, yeah, by, by bringing the enemy on. Right, bringing the enemy. And he got free airtime. I mean, it was free. I mean, he's just picking up free money right there. That's crazy. Uh, that was free money for him. No no expenditure whatsoever that he got to talk for. Oh, and, you, and you know, like, their audience was just yelling at the TV the whole time. Of course. Of course. Right? Which so You know they're staying engaged. Yep. Mm-hmm. Watching every commercial, every, every Pfizer commercial. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So in my, you know, from my standpoint, you know, my takeaway was it it was a win-win for everyone. It was a win for him. It was a win for CNN because they got a huge, uh, you know, bump in their, you know, ratings. Yeah. Which I think from what I read, they desperately needed. Yeah. Um, I think their management is trying to their, you know, the new CEO of or president of CNN is trying to make some, some changes. And uh, certainly, 
that was one of his strategies. Hey, we we need some rate. We need a ratings bump. We're just going to have the guy that we've been bashing, you know, the last seven yeah, years. Let's, let's just stir the pot a little bit. Let's That's stir it. Let's create some more controversy. Why not? And uh, hey, it works on Facebook. Right? I think it worked. Um, it's it's so interesting though, you know. Oh, uh, politics aside, how the media works and how you know, like you talked about, they, they you know they probably had, I don't know how many commercials for Pfizer or whatever, you know, that were running during that time. Uh, just how much of the media is pure manipulation. Maybe that's probably where I, we could use that fake news and just yeah. how so much of this is completely manufactured. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it is all about advertising dollars mm-hmm. now. And, yep. and, you know, that, that trickles back to, uh, I actually tried to write a a financial promo back when I was writing financial copy right. about this, pretty much everything changed. I think it was 1974 when it basically became easier with, with the invention of mutual funds mm-hmm. and more for the average consumer to get on wall street and buy stocks. Right. Cause it used to be before that you had to buy a hundred shares and you had to buy the full shares. Oh yeah. Yeah. And hundred share blocks. Right. right. You could buy, you couldn't just say I want a hundred dollars worth of anything, right? You had to be right. able to buy a hundred shares of yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that, when they changed that law and they started bringing in mutual funds and all this stuff, it brought more and more investors in. Well, then that's, that started creating this quarterly profits thing, which sure. just ex- has accelerated. Um, and companies were chasing quarterly profit numbers and all that. Um, you know, so that, and then, that led into advertising and all, you know, it just snowballed the same. There was a, a similar law for pharmaceuticals. I think it was early nineties or late eighties that, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but in the, I think it was late eighties, you couldn't advertise pharmaceuticals on TV. No, of course not. Cigarettes were fine, but not yeah. in pharmaceuticals. <laughs> not that, Isn't that crazy? Not sure there's much difference. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, and just it has snowballed to now where every other commercial is a pharmaceutical commercial. It is. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, they got to, yeah, it's just, it's all about the ad, ad platforms, which is also what social media is about, you know, anything else, you know. So, it's crazy. It yeah. is. All right. Speaking of ads, let me throw this ticker up, up on the bottom of the screen. If you want to try the gift that keeps on giving, go to persuasionbythepint.com slash craft beer and try the craft beer club. The craft beer club. Good stuff. I haven't pitched that in a while. So <laughs> we should. Out there since we're talking about ads. All right. So there's one I had time. I, 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 I remembered what it was. I wanted to send it over. Sean, you'll love this. Um, okay. Didn't you try the Epic Times for, for a season? Yes. Okay. So, and this has nothing to do, but this is a ad that I thought was really interesting. I was actually going to send it to you, but I forgot this week. You're not sharing your screen if you mean to be. There we go. go. The Epoch Times. Um, Another one that I pulled this week. I don't know if somebody shared this, but I thought it was interesting. So look at the very top. Uh, We mailed you this free copy to break through Suppression by big tech. <laughs> That's a great headline. <laughs> Isn't it though? I thought, man, that is so good. Yeah. Considering what we're talking about, you know, what's been in the news. 
yeah. uh, you know, recently with everything from AI to, you know, what's going on with, you know, all the big tech companies. Yep. And this is kind of a, a throwback, a free copy to break through the suppression by big tech. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's good. And it shows that they know who their audience is too. Right. So. Yeah. They're hidden right in the worldview. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And that goes back into, again, you know, going back to that par- that uh, quadrant that we talked about, the uh, FCB. Yep. You have to hit people in the emotional, but yep. also in the simple, but emotional. Because guess what? That doesn't take a whole lot of thinking, does it? When you read that, it's like, oh, yeah. You know, going back to that lizard brain, you know, the simple, uh, you know, going to that simple conclusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. This is big tech. You know, yeah. they're the problem. Yeah. Especially if you've never heard of the Epic Times, right? Then you're like, oh, exactly. I've never right. heard of these guys. Must right. be true. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good, good headline right there. Yeah. Some copywriters making five cents of mailing on that. <laughs> exactly. Some probably Richard Armstrong. <laughs> no doubt. My, my buddy. Um, all right good man. Stuff, man. A good show yeah absolutely good stuff um as always you can find us over at persuasion by the pint.com as uh sean mentioned if you would uh uh if you want to get uh some really good sample wares by the way sean at the show this week they had like there had every now and then you would have like little booths where they were getting out little samples like little shot samples of different, yeah. uh, and it was mostly, um, there were some ales, there were some lagers, but it was heavy IPA, man. That, that's where most everything gravitated towards IPAs, IPAs. So yeah. it's like, it must oh, be man. cheaper to make or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just where the market is right now. Maybe I, you know, people love that pine salt. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. But write, yes, I'm gonna send out a, a stout. I'm gonna start a stout beer newsletter <laughs> and call it some type of suppression. You know, hey. IPA suppression. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, you should do that, <laughs> <laughs> or have AI do it. <laughs> well, AI is left leaning, so I can't. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like, no, you need to do IPAs. <laughs> Dang it! Damn. Oh, man. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Persuasionbythepint.com, as we mentioned. And uh, if you want a great craft beer, go to uh, forward slash craft beer if you want to uh, give the gift that keeps on giving over at um, uh, Craft Brew Club. What is it? Is it? Uh, is that it? Craft Beer Club? Yeah, Cra- yeah Craft Beer Club. Uh, so we don't, we don't care if you do or not. <laughs> But yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and uh, take care. See ya. See ya.